Welcome to Paid in Puke, a podcast where three women with names discuss movies about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. On today's episode of Paid in Puke, we're discussing Maggie Gyllenhaal's 2021 directorial debut, The Lost Daughter which she adapted from the 2006 novel by Elena Ferranti. It stars Olivia Colman, Jesse Buckley, Dakota Johnson, and Dagmara Dominic. Oh, yeah, she's good. Yes. <laughs> that is true. I am Jessica Baxter. I'm Christina Barr. I'm Annie Malone. The Lost Daughter tells the story of an English professor and empty-nested single mom named Lita Coleman who goes on vacation to a Grecian coastal town and has a really weird time. (laughs) Miss Caruso, welcome. Thank you. Excuse me, I work at the beach house. Just let me know if you need anything. Great. Get up! Mommy, get up! You don't have kids. Yes, I have two daughters. You're my big girl. She's driving me crazy. What were your daughters like when they were little? I can't remember much, actually. I saw you at the beach today. I didn't see you. I saw you. The little girl lost her doll. She wouldn't stop crying. Children are a crushing responsibility. Happy birthday. Mama. I'm working. I'm suffocating. I'll give you three seconds to come back. Three, two... This movie was hotly contested in our 2022 Oscar special. Right. So, how does everyone feel about it now? Was it con- was Matt Fisher there? No, but we concurrently with our Oscar special because obviously timely right. podcast release. The X-rated boys came out with their episode, right. and they also hotly contested it. And I think Matt Fisher was. I remember talking to Team him Lost about Daughter, it. or he was open to it. I feel like I was talking to him, and he was like, "It didn't." get it and I was like the frame of it made perfect sense to me yes I don't remember being contested with us well so we had Denise Denise. Rodriguez on ours and it did seem at the time that it was a divide between mothers and not mothers in terms of just getting the movie not that like not I'm sorry that sounds so (laughs) in terms of uh, feeling the movie. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, yeah. I remember that I liked it, but I was kind of, I was kind of conflicted about it because the main character is really, I don't know, I just, I had what trouble. What you say, with, what you feel? 
Just say, say it. This is a this is a safe space. You're not the main character. Don't worry. Shut up. Hot probs is on. Oh shit! Yeah. I have trouble with it because it's like she's self. She's a very selfish person. She's a selfish person. A very selfish person. And like... An unnatural mother. I'm an unnatural mother. I felt like she was very inappropriate at times with the people that she would in oh, yeah. encounter with. Like <laughs> the... I don't remember the, the young man who was with Will yeah. and like with the man who was like the caretaker of the place at Harris. I think she really has something going on with herself like where she either like just doesn't give a fuck or like i felt like she was trying to draw other people into feeling bad about themselves what is your damage heather like hmm. how she did in that scene where lyle brings the octopus and like mm -hmm. he wants to hang out with her she's always like trying to ask him about how he was a family man you married not since the 80s when your kids must have loved it with the octopus Sounds like a nice way to grow up. They grew up with their mom in Philly. Are your kids on the island? No. You know, Leonard Cohen used to come over here from Hedron. We'd write songs together. They liked that when I told them. And you know those uni cells? I used to fill them up with cotton balls and send them out to Philly for the birthdays. I'll look out for some for your girls. You sound like a real family man. <laughs> Yeah, I taught, I, taught, I taught them all how to swim, except the littlest. Getting him to say he was a bad father or something? I don't know. I just got that feeling like misery loves company, you know? Like she yeah. wants she wants to drag other people into that misery. I don't know. Interesting. I, I, just, I felt <laughs> like she... so interesting. I agreed with you about everything until you said the thing about bringing other people into it. I think that the stark contrast with her and Lyle in particular, her conversation with him is proving a point that she's felt for a long time, which is that men are allowed to leave their family and there's no consequences. Right. And yeah. women, if they do that, they're the worst person in the world. There's nothing more villainous in the eyes of society than a mother who isn't super into it. <laughs> right, yeah. And I mean... she wanted to have a career and the only way she could do that was to actually leave because if she stayed, it was going to be like her husband is on the phone and so she has to be the one to deal with the kids even if it's her yeah. time that they'd agreed upon. And like that's why when the couple comes, the hiking couple to their Airbnb, this couple is just out free in the world and the husband, her husband, is like, oh, it must be so nice not to have kids. Life is so different without kids. I have kids. I have three kids. Twelve, nine, and seven. They're, they're in London with their mother. So you run away together. Like, it's always like they're with their mother. The mother's the one doing it, and the men can live freely. We're obliged to do so many stupid things, from childhood even. Obliged? Yes. What happened to us is the only thing that's happened to me since I was born that makes sense. So, it's funny, because I didn't really think it was that much about her career so much, but... Kind of along what you're saying, like, I don't feel like she's miserable. Like, I didn't see it as a misery loves company thing. I did think that she has a little bit of a mean streak. Yeah, know? she was being mean. Definitely. I'm so sorry. That was, I'm so mean. Oh, no, fuck that, please. 
I'm mean too. And what like when the flashback when her kid is like, Mommy, can't you kiss it? Can you kiss it? Come up, please, can you kiss it? It's like, why can't you just do that? Like, I feel like she does have a mean streak. But the thing for me about Ed Harris and the hiking couple, what it showed to me was men can just reference that in very casual conversation. Like, oh, yeah, mm. I didn't really raise my kids. And that for her, like, when she, like, reveals that to somebody, it's like this huge confession, this awful thing she did. We were talking about your daughters, and then something happened. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I left. Oh. When the oldest was seven and the youngest was five, I left. <laughs> I abandoned them and I didn't see them for three years. You didn't see your children for three years? took care of them. Their father and my mum, and then I came back for them. And she was only gone three years, you know, whereas like, right. <laughs> I mean, I could say, no, my ex-wife raised the kids. Like, it's nothing, you know? Right. I mean, I totally agree. I just thought, like, she has these moments where, yeah, like, she, she's a mean streak and she wants to be mean to people. I don't know, like... I mean, she's like, not a sweet middle-aged lady, which is like, yeah. people look at her and they think, oh, she's gonna be really sweet or she's going to be a pushover. I'm going to ask her to move when I really mean telling her to move. And when she doesn't move, it's like, what the fuck? Right. What is this kind of problem? So this way he also has to move. You don't mind moving, right? No, I'm fine here. No, it's just about switching umbrellas so that my family can be together. No, I understand that, but I have no desire to move. <laughs> Hi. What's the big deal? He does his favorite today, with will do favorite for you tomorrow. No, thank you. Can't! <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know what to say to you. Because it's just about moving yeah, down yeah, the beach yeah, a few yeah, feet. Yeah, yeah. Or like how, even before that happens, Will comes up to her and he says... Excuse me. Do you need some help? She's just laying there reading. Like, she isn't asking for anything or looking for anything. Like, the way it's even shot, it's like, you see her relaxing, and then off screen, there's the voice, can I help you? And she's like, what do you mean? And then he's like, it's just during the song I could move your chair if you'd like. Oh yeah, I'm in the song. Can I move your chair under the umbrella? Yeah. And he is being helpful, but it's just, I don't know. The way that they assume things about her based on the way she looks and her age, and then when she doesn't meet those expectations, they get really angry about it. They get really, right. they get offended I mean, that she doesn't meet those expectations. I see all of that. Like, I love this movie and I love this character, right? I literally have zero hot props. But like, I Same. Also, one thing I love about it is, you know, you don't necessarily like her. Like, I see what you're saying. It's kind of great when she's like, I get what you're saying. I have no desire to move. Like, that's pretty great. But it is also like, would it fucking kill you to move? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I also see that. It's great and very, very liberating. And this is something I experienced 
experience and like I can remember the moment it was like in an airport with my two kids by myself it's too long a story to get into but the moment when you realize like you can just live with it if strangers don't like you or are mad at you or are unhappy with you someone asks you to do something or you're or you know what I mean you do mm-hmm. something and they're not happy with you and you don't actually have to explain yourself to a stranger and you can be okay with them not being okay with you you know what I mean mm-hmm. like they yeah. can be mad about it and you can just live with that and move on and not have to be like well here's why I don't want to move because well you know yeah, yeah. I love that about her that yeah. you know she can just say I'm not gonna move and they can dislike her over it and that is fine I mean she, she can move. <laughs> why are you such a mega bitch because I can be. I see it more in the flashback when her daughter is like, Mommy, can you kiss it? Yeah. Can you kiss it? I understand exactly what's going on. It's like, why do I have to do this? But it is also like, why can't you just do that? You know? Mm-hmm. And that, I feel like that is so much about what motherhood can be like sometimes. And I feel like I've been in that space where I know I could just fix this like that. It's like, why can't I just fucking do it? You know? I mean, I feel like that's what it hits about. Something so difficult about motherhood. I don't know. I mean, I also see, like, what both of you are saying, you know? Just, like, where she's with Will and takes him out to get drunk and they shit on, like, the family that's the big Greek family that's staying there. And she goes on this thing about, like, her daughter's breasts. But Bianca Moffat, it's funny. What I find most interesting are the secret resemblances. Mm. You know, so what makes Bianca seductive and Martha not and vice versa? Well, they blame me. When I was younger, had small breasts, and then as soon as I gave birth, big breasts. And Bianca has big breasts, and Martha has almost none, like a boy. Mm. And she doesn't realise how beautiful she is. And she wears a padded bra, and she sort of humiliates her. And I was just like... What? You know, like... She's absolutely... Okay, so she does lots of stuff that I can't defend. Yeah, but she... Is a vortex that sucks up. Anyways, maybe I'm I don't. Just, wow, interesting. I, I, I mean, like I don't that. feel like anyone is being sucked into it. I feel yeah, like they're all I immune just, to it. They're just like this I'm crazy just lady. Right. I mean, I feel like she. <laughs> I mean, we're all probably projecting onto this movie. I think that's kind of what it is. I think it's a mirror in a lot of ways, and that's kind yeah. of what's so great about it. You can see yourself in a lot of places. You see yourself in the shadows of this movie, like the things that aren't even on screen, like when she's talking to the babysitter. Yeah, I left Joe's mom's number and, um, I mean, I call every night at dinner anyways. And I left my mom's number, but I can call her if you can't get through to anyone else. She's like, if you run out of people to call, call my mother, but don't call her unless you absolutely have to. That, to me, I'm just like, we don't even need to see her fraught relationship with her mom because it speaks volumes. Like, what I saw there was she doesn't know how to be a mom because her mom fucking sucks. (laughs) That was my identifying moment. I did make mistakes. I'm sure I still will make mistakes as a mother, but I didn't have a good role model. I had, like, what not to do only and never what to do. You had this comment about how, like, everyone is the last daughter, you know? Yeah. Like, that made so much sense to me because, I mean, I'm not a mother. I never will be. Obviously, I don't know what that's like at all. But the part that really got to me was I had, like, this really acute reaction to Bianca flashbacks when Mm. there was a child. And young Leda, Jessie Buckley, she won't kiss the wound. And um, her child is, like, it's just, like... Like, just the emotional neglect that it really is so hard to watch. 
It sounded like Leda had a terrible relationship with her mother or maybe had like absence of a relationship. I thought it was like she grew up really poor. That was something. Yeah, it sounded like. When she's like, don't take them back there. When she's leaving and Mm -hmm. he says he's going to take them to her mom's. And she said something about like, don't take them there. I'm taking them to your mom's. I can't have this. He's threatening me. That is revenge. You bring him back there. And I'm going to send you to that black shit out all the fun. Because she says, like, like, after what I went through. I thought yeah. that was also a reference to poverty or something. That's what I thought. Yeah. I that just doesn't make sense to me because he wouldn't take the kids somewhere where they wouldn't have the things that they need. Right. He doesn't understand the abuse that she... Like, she's told him. She's like, you know what I went through. And it's like, he's heard it, but he didn't hear it. He didn't really hear it. And he is already, like, blaming her for everything. Mm-hmm. I just think it was that she had a shitty childhood because her mom didn't love her the way she needed to be loved and therefore she doesn't know how to love her children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like if you were emotionally neglected or mistreated as a child, things with your own child could trigger things about that time and it's just crazy like how these cycles Yes, continue. and I feel like as and bad like- as she's doing you can imagine that her mother was so much worse because she would never do the things to her children that her mother did. And then ultimately her children but did she's go still- with her mother. Yeah. Yeah. It happened. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And it's such an interesting question, too, when she is having that conversation with Nina. I mean, we're not at Meaningful Passages yet. She was like, had children with this man, whatever, blah, blah, and then I left. And then even Nina's like, who raised your children? Right. She didn't ever assume it was their dad. Yeah. It what also- other woman had to raise your children? <laughs> yeah. It, I've never seen motherhood portrayed in a film like this or anything ever i don't know like most stories with mothers in movies are these idyllic roles or or they're mommy dearest yeah there's nothing in the middle it is really nice to see a nuanced portrayal i mean maybe that was the main thing i loved so much i don't know is just to see someone who is like a person who did she's not a bad mother she's obviously not an awesome mother she did come back to them when she's with them she takes care of them she reads to them she's sleep deprived she does all the child care until she leaves i have left my mother and joe's number and the after school of father's daycare and onto the pediatricians ah (laughs) martha she's got a little cold this wasn't really but she should have a teaspoon of elderberry in the morning and also to keep have one of these afterwards being good um, i also left a humidifier beside her bed so you can just plug that in at night she loves cheetah um so if she's a bit upset at night time you can get cheetah um, we did it for wednesday thursday friday and i labeled which is for which days and i did soak some black beans but i just didn't get a chance to do cook at all i left the recipe in the fridge so it's Like, even when she asks for time for herself, she doesn't really get the time to herself. Like, she has to literally abandon her family to get a break in the situation Mm. that she's in. Right. But I have to say, I know that part of this, the comparison is there for this reason that people let you off the hook. You know, a man, someone else raised your kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. You know, how old are they? I don't feel like the takeaway should be like, so a woman should be able to say that. You know, it's like, it's actually not okay to leave your kids. I'm not not saying it's okay to leave your kids. I'm just saying I get why she did. But when (laughs) when she's not a bad mother, like, well, I mean, I'm giving her 
her a little bit of a bad mother thing, you know, because like even though I empathize with her so completely when she says children are a crushing responsibility and you can see how it's draining the life out of her. Like I see mm -hmm. it. I don't really forgive her for leaving, you know, like I mm -hmm. understand why she, but and the same with men, you know, when it's like, oh yeah, yeah. I am my ex-wife is raising my kids while I'm out hiking with this lady, you know. I see mm -hmm. why you would do that. I don't forgive that. I would hold that against a person. I think that is a bad thing to do. Like I think that's a, an example of bad mother if you leave your kids. I mean, it's yeah. bad fatherhood to leave your kids. I guess I retract that she's not a bad mother. Okay, she's a bad mother. But it's just that, like, men are allowed to be bad fathers because yeah. of X, Y, and Z. Like, it's really interesting to me that Lyle mentions Leonard Cohen. He's like, oh, yeah, I was writing songs with Leonard Cohen. I couldn't finish the Leonard Cohen biography because it was so offensive to me, like, how fucking shitty he was to his kids and his wives. The mothers of his children. He was just so terrible to them. And I was like, I don't want to know this about you. <laughs> right. And so I just, I don't think it's an accident that he mentions yeah, a famous that? deadbeat dad. <laughs> Everyone's like, but he needed to do that to write all those right. beautiful songs. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. But it's never okay if a woman does that for any reason. Right. So, yeah. I mean. I think Shirley MacLaine did that. Too. Really? <laughs> she was just like, I'm not letting childhood take away my career. And like, did not raise her kids. An old friend of mine read a biography of her and she was like, it was like bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> just like a terrible mother. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I just. It is fucked up, I, but it's just like I'm there's projecting. no take backs for moms. For Ben, it's like, oh, just kidding. I didn't mean to right. father children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, but for women, it's like you're the worst person in the world. Like it's just so much more heavily weighted for them. The crime is punishable by death, you know? Like maybe yeah. literally in this case. Yeah, and like there's so much judgment from the world and like parenting articles. Subtext is like, you're doing it wrong. There's so much well, you know, the whole mommy wars thing and like, I, I think that's another reason why it just resonates with me so much is because honestly, if you do the best you can, you're still going to be like right. shat on. There's yeah. literally no way to do it in a way that people will love you. Unless you like die in childbirth. Yeah, maybe that's and just like, like for like a rape baby or something too. That's yeah. like the best. <laughs> right. There's also so much more importance put on motherhood than fatherhood, even in like the littlest ways. Like, I wish I could go back in time and really pay attention to what this person was saying because, like, I remember a teacher once in like junior high, and I don't remember like what the context was. And it was a man telling this about like how much is put on the attachment of kids and their mom versus their dad. Like, a guy plays football with his kid every day, you know, every weekend, and the kid becomes a professional athlete. And, you know, the first time they get on TV, what do they say? Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like what he was saying was that like your mother is how much of that is biology and how much of it is society or what you know yeah that, like you have one phone call you're in trouble you call your mom or what do people say like what did someone kill your mother or something you know like it's just a deeper emphasis put on that relationship than on your dad yeah and it's like even if there's a father that does things and like I don't know. I didn't have a father like that, but the mothers seem like more of like the life force, you mm -hmm. know? And that's, right. yeah, the crushing I responsibility. Know. I don't feel like you can ignore that there is on some level a biological element to become a mother versus how you can become a father. Right. It starts out wildly uneven. You know. Yeah. There's a lot of commitment to even the first part. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can be a mother yeah. and not know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And I know that doesn't apply to every, you know, there's kids are adopted or parents are trans and all that. You know, I know that's like a 
I mean, but in terms of this film, the characters in this movie are all biological children, um, biological mothers. So definitely, obviously, there are lots of different ways to be. And that's another thing, too, is like, you know, you know what it's like to take care of children. You have nieces and nephews. And I really do feel like there's a special bond with pets. I do really feel like pets are children, like in a lot of ways. My mom is my child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is, that's, that's kind of. a whole other thing too. Sometimes I feel like that. But and I know I, it's not the same. I know what you're saying though. I mean, even in little ways, a lot of people as their parents age will have to take care of them. Or you don't, or you say, I'm not doing that, you know, but... If you say that, then again, there's judgment. There's definitely a whole thing of, well, it doesn't matter how bad they were to me. I have to make this decision to take care of them or not take care of them. Mm -hmm. This was like kind of recently. Like I was like, I don't know what I was frustrated about, but I was frustrated about something. I couldn't find something. And I literally said, mom? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like just came out of my mouth. And it was just like. I'm 44 years old, you know? <laughs> Crazy how, like, that is the person that you mm-hmm. call to. Or, like, when you call your teacher mom. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> no one will ever forget that. I never did it, but... <laughs> I can remember the kid who did it in fourth grade, Duffy was his name. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, we'll never forget that. You called the teacher mom. <laughs> <laughs> so Annie and I both said no hot props, but I still you mentioned. I don't have hot props. Yeah, I don't <laughs> either. Do but I don't really have any hot props with the movie itself. I just right. had a really hard time with the Lita character. I don't know. I think that's totally valid. Absolutely. Uh, I, I felt sympathy for her, but she seems like she's owning her journey or whatever, yeah. her life, her living her best life in Greece thing in the beginning. And then you see how it just all like unravels. Like somebody that just doesn't know where they're going or what mm. to do because nobody ever showed them what to do or how to treat people or kids or whatever and I just felt like she was just selfish the thing I kept thinking about too like after I watched the movie the first time is like your mind can want something for yourself and maybe you make these choices that you're like really happy with but then your body like can you actually physically live with yourself physically mm-hmm. she's collapsing like she's driving like she closes her <laughs> her eyes while yeah. she's, she just she yeah. definitely has a poor she, sense of self-preservation for some reason. <laughs> she, she has an absence of, like, ordinary care. Then she, like, collapses on the beach. She could have died. And it's like, time to start caring about yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just got so frustrated. Yeah, yeah I think she's very frustrating. This was yeah. very frustrating. I, I mean, mean, I don't think she's well. I do think she's having a breakdown, but it's yeah. a lot of it is because I just understand... How she got to that point, I guess, is all. The trajectory makes perfect sense to me. Would I have made different decisions? You know what else? It's really interesting how at first Nina sees her as someone to be admired. She tells her every time they have little asides, she's like, I really admire what you did, and I wanted to be like you. I don't want you to think badly of me. I don't think badly of anyone. Yeah. I don't want you to think badly of me. Yeah, uh, see, I knew that. As soon as I saw you, I just, I was like, I want to be like that lady. She doesn't have the full picture. 
(laughs) She just sees someone who can tell people to fuck off when Nina obviously cannot do that. She's literally incapable of saying no to things. It seems like maybe even under peril because her husband might be in the mafia or something. What you did yesterday was amazing. When you wouldn't move from the umbrella. We don't do things like that anymore. What? Because they're bad people. I'm not sure what all is going on there. But um, she definitely seems like she's in a situation where she's not allowed to be free. I met my husband so young. And he's fucking crazy about me. And her. And what would he do if he saw you with love? Oh, he'd cut my throat. Our love is God. Let's go get a slushie. Maybe that is my hot prob is like, I didn't see any indication in the movie. Like, I mean, like, she's obviously not well. The movie ends and I feel like, oh boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah. I was like, there's a constant. I mean, she might die after the movie ends. I don't know. Well, like you said, she doesn't seem to have a sense of right. self-preservation. I so it's like. going to be okay. But also that would be very me to be like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's a long <laughs> ass hat pin. That pin is long and she, yeah, when long. they show it, it goes in really far. I don't know. <laughs> and then she produces an orange out of nowhere. <laughs> I feel like she's maybe not even really talking to her kids. I don't know. I wonder if she's asleep. She passes out on the beach and then she has a dream that her phone rings and she has an orange and she talks to her kids. And she listens to her kids. Because what she says on the phone is kind of different than the way the first time she talks to her kids, she's like trying to talk about herself. Martha, baby. I was just thinking of calling you. Just getting from the beach. What's ruined? Why did you go to someone you don't know? It's not ruined. It just gets really dry when you dry it so much. I sometimes put a teaspoon of olive oil in. Oh. I'm on holiday. I'm looking out over the most. Okay. I love you too. Her daughter just wants to complain and then yeah. hang up. And then this time she says, Go on. Tell me all about it. And they talk to her and, you know, she just maybe, listens. Maybe that's a light at the end of the tunnel then that she's wanting to know about that. Yes. I mean, I think it is like that, but it also could be that it's a dream she's having and that's not even really happening. Yeah. I feel like I see it more literally. Yeah. I mean, I totally have sympathy for her, but I just got so frustrated. The magic orange is surprising to me. Like, right. But I kind of liked it. It was well, like... She took all her stuff with her. She was leaving. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't question the orange. Let's okay. just say <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it's interesting because there was a line where she said, I hate talking to my kids on the phone. Yes. <laughs> but that was like when they were kids. Yeah. Oh, and then the guy judged her for it. I know. I love you. Okay. I hate talking to my kids on the phone. What? They don't like it either. Don't say that. They don't. Don't say that. Okay. Why? Like, I see, I love that line because, I mean, I think we're supposed to think he's a bad guy at that point. That's when she realizes he's a bad guy. But, like, when the kids are young, it is, like, kind of annoying. I can't, Bianca, can you turn the phone around? I can't, I can't hear Martha. And especially because when you're doing it, you're 
getting away for a brief moment of time. But you still have to call your kids and talk right. to them. It's a lot of, like, farting around. I'll still FaceTime my kids. I fucking love my kids, obviously. You have to say that, though. Anytime you complain as a mom about your kids, you have to say, I love my kids, but sometimes things are a little annoying. Right. But if you yeah. don't say that, it's like, maybe she doesn't love her kids. <laughs> like, it's not implied. But sometimes you're just like, okay, we're literally not talking about anything now. I've said I love you. I've heard that you're okay. Can I please get back to this brief moment in time where I have a break from parenting? So, like, I don't know. I really felt that when she's saying that, because they were really little, and then when he says that to her, it's just like, fuck you, dude. I know. Fuck I you, like, dude. Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, and to think there was a time when I actually thought you were cool. I didn't realize that she started to not like him. I think they, like, broke up right after. Right I think she, like, left him in that room and was oh. like, see you later, dipshit. I saw it a little bit differently the first time. Maybe mm-hmm. I just didn't pick up on it. But she goes to this conference and, like, this hyper connection of something, like, super niche Italian. Right. I mean, it was an astounding piece on Auden's The Crisis by Leda Caruso. And it seems to me that she has anticipated Ricoeur's recent thinking on linguistic hospitality for her. Hospitality comes in holding one's attention, even in crisis. As Simone Weil says, attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. Somebody's just saying my name, and it was... It was crazy. You're saying that I had anticipated Ricoeur's work on translation and that yeah, that I had anticipated Ricoeur's work on translation. Leo Crusoe's inside Auden's private mythology. Thank God, because whenever one tries to suppress doubt, there is tyranny. That must be really alluring to like have that kind of connection. But then the second time, it seemed like her boss was in the crowd and he was kind of like looking back annoyed at the guy. Because it was like, like Mm because it was like, okay, he's targeting this woman, targeting her. He wants to fuck this lady. And that's how he flirts. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, this guy. But he might also be turned on by both her mind and her body, you know. But (laughs) like. He might actually think she's really smart, too. But he doesn't care about her as a person. Your work is thrilling. Thank you. Thrilling. That's just what he's into. Like, he's working it. Poetry scholars. star. Yeah. (laughs) The first time I saw it, I kind of bought into his shtick for a minute. But then the second time I saw, like you were saying, it's his move. He's targeting her. But... I totally also get it because it's like she just has this thing she's so passionate about and no one else in her whole life fucking cares about it at all. So she tries to teach it to her kids and they care a little bit, but not that much. And her husband, also a professor, definitely doesn't care. Obviously thinks whatever he's doing is much more important. And then the only other person she meets that gives a shit about it is that woman from the hiking couple. She's the only other person that takes an interest in this. I, I, I study translation, yeah. Comparative literature. What are you working on? Uh, where are they working? Uh, Yeats. She's working on a Yeats translation. Yeats? No. In Italian? That, that's, that is like chocolate on chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cadelugo il mio corpo. Wow. Wow. What is that? I don't know. It's Jordan. Chill of the crooked wing falls down on my body. This is something I taught them. In the crisis. Mm -hmm. An inside joke. And that's why that inspires her to, to yeah. leave, I think. Someone thinks that I'm something other than a mother. Right. Someone looks at me as like a whole person. Or at least maybe not a whole person, but like not just one thing. Right. And I can see why that is so fucking attractive. <laughs> I really yeah, can. I can too. I love the way that like all of the names are really similar. Like with the Nina and Nina and Lita. And yeah, that's true. Like I noticed something the second time around too. Will is wearing an Arizona sweatshirt. This is Arizona oh. at the beach club in the beginning. And in a flashback, Lita's saying to her husband, what if I couldn't find you and you're in Arizona or something like that? <laughs> oh. I thought that had to be a deliberate Definitely. Thing, but... Like, just a um, thing that was sending her. Maybe it's just as simple yeah, as, like, just like that's why these... we're, why she's reminded of things. Yeah. Like, how she remembers losing her daughter when Elena goes missing. Oh my God, I love that. And then, like, the doll reminds her of the doll that oh, she yes. throws out the window. Oh, okay, that, that, that doll thing, really, okay, that doll thing. She's consciously keeping this I just that's don't like why. Yeah. That's, I feel like she wants a little girl to be sad. You're not like her. You gave me the two because I trusted you to take care of her. You know, you can be very thoughtless. This is my doll. You can't treat her like shit. No, she's mine. No, she's rude. The power that you have over mm -hmm. children, you know, and their emotions. It makes total sense to me, which it, like, I, that's mm -hmm. why I remember talking to Matt yeah. about I'm like, I loved how she just straight up stole that doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't oh, like, it made total sense to me. Like, it was just to be mean, I really feel. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think it was just to be mean. Like, the reason was, I mean, it was to be mean, for sure. But in her flashback, she gave her kid her doll that she had as a kid that she took really good care of. Now, to me, that's code for I took good care of it because if I didn't, I would have gotten my fucking ass beaten. No, no, okay. Right. Here's why I think that. Yeah. Valid, you know. From my own personal experience, I was in so much goddamn trouble if I didn't keep all my shit in pristine condition that was given to me by my mother or my grandmother. If I got anything dirty or broke anything, I was like so ungrateful, such a terrible person. Yelled at, smacked sometimes. Not like beaten, beaten, but like right. definitely slapped across the face. Again, I mean, might be projecting, but I could just see that history. So she gives this to her kid. She's not gonna beat her child, but she just thinks of like when she sees her child writing on this thing, that is the very thing that she was not allowed to fuck up under severe penalty. And she's like, I'm not going to hurt my child, but I'm not going to hurt them physically. So that's why she has the mean streak. Because in her mind, it's not as bad to hurt them mentally as physically. She's like, I'm being a better mother by choosing to throw it out the window rather than smack her across the face. 
Yeah, honestly, I don't see it like that at all. Like, I mean, and I know you know you're projecting, and I projected, like, my own stuff. Yeah. It's great about this. This is about, like, how difficult motherhood is and childhood is, and we can fill in our own blanks in there, you know? Yeah. Like, for me, I saw it as, like, I took care of this because it was important to me because it was something I cared about, and I gave you this thing that was important to me and that I cared about, and you fucking shit on it. That's how I, hmm. I saw it more like that. You know, the scenario you're saying is they gave you something that this is for you and you have to take care of it. For her, it's like, this is mine. You know, like, this is my thing that's important to me. And that pain, when something that you care about is destroyed or gone or something. I feel like she has this deep resentment, you know, over, like, the responsibility of motherhood and... All of it. You know, that's what I feel like. It's I'm going to take that from you if it was taken from me. Or just I think she takes it to prove that she can do a better job of taking care of it than this kid. <laughs> I really do. I mean, that's like pretty... I mean, it's mean. It's right. very mean. I'm not right. saying it's not. I just think right. that that's what it is. Like it's really petty. The new outfit. Yeah. Out, she, know, like, cleans like, it. The premeditation mm-hmm. of it all. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was thinking, like, okay, obviously something's <laughs> going on. Yeah. But, like, I felt like she knew what she was doing. Oh, totally. And, yeah. And I was, like, struggling between pathologizing her <laughs> and then, like, no, she's just being shitty, you know? Yeah, they do have that line where... Leda was telling Bianca, that's my doll. And, and Bianca's like, it's my doll. Mm-hmm. And I, I was so sad. Very and nice. I also feel like there's a little bit of, and it's, I just I want to acknowledge, like, mm-hmm. I project a lot onto this too. My experiences are just different from yours. So I'm mm-hmm. not like saying yours is wrong. You know, I'm just saying like what I project on. Sure. <laughs> is I feel like there's a resentment of someone appearing to have an easier time with their kids when kids are so hard. I feel like it's a little bit of she's sticking it to Nina, like, oh, you're on this idyllic vacation with your child. <laughs> Let me fuck it up for you. <laughs> like, I'm going to take the doll. Good luck getting sleep again. <laughs> and I feel like there's a lot of that in parenthood, like, especially when the kids are little. People project a lot onto other mothers having an easy time. I feel like I'm barely holding it together. And then this lady's just out there with her three kids, like all in a row with her. And I feel like everyone's been on both sides of that as mothers. Yeah. Like I've definitely looked at people and felt like, okay, I can barely get my kids out the door. And I'm sure I've done that to people, you know. I feel like all moms have like, someone else has thought they're making it look easy. And the truth is, it's not easy at all. No one's having an easy time. I do find it so interesting that she's gonna bring the doll back until she sees Nina making out with Will, and that's when she's like, fuck you, I'm not giving it back anymore. Like, she has it. She brings it to the house. I didn't realize that. She's really resentful. But, like, before that, I feel like she does feel bad, and it's at that point where she's like, she's not sleeping, and she relates that she's like, okay, I feel bad because she's not getting any sleep. Hey, sweetie, did you ever find your doll? Oh, my God. Yeah, not do that. Sorry. She's super tired. Why don't you tell the lady how we're gonna go and find Nanny tomorrow when it's not raining, right, honey? Sometimes you just can't handle it. I know. I feel like that is a button for Lita that's like, I want to help with that. But then she sees Lita making out with this other guy. And I don't know why she doesn't relate to that, because she should. I think she does, but it's like you don't get to have it all. She wants people to be Yeah. She had that. I mean, miserable is too strong, but I feel like it's like she learned the hard way you don't get to have it all, you know? Yeah. And so she's like, 
which guess what? You don't get to have it all either, you know? And you don't get to have it all. Mm -hmm. To me, I feel like where you see the most insight into what's going on with her is whenever she's talking to Callie. Like, yeah. Oh, I fucking love her. <laughs> I love like, every line out of her is a banger. I really love her. But you know, when she's like, this is someone who doesn't have kids yet. And like, I think mm -hmm. the things she says to her are basically like, you don't know what you're getting into. You really put us through it, huh? I thought you said you were pregnant with your first. I am. What were your daughters like when they were little? Were they like this willful little creature? I honestly, I can't remember much actually. Oh no, you can't forget anything about your own children. Is that your experience? I just mean, did your daughters give you a hard time when they were little? I just don't remember. Like you don't forget things about your own kids, and she's gonna. Is that your experience? Right. So yeah. cutting, you know. But yeah. it's true. Also, it's like well, you don't know because you don't have kids. The part in the shop where the little girl is melting down, and Callie's like, "They really put us through it, don't they?" And like, she's talking about little girls. Yeah. She didn't like it. There's definitely a couple things Callie does that I'm like, fuck you. It's an amazing performance, but there I are, like, she like is her. kind of a, like, I don't have kids yet, judgmental little person. Where she's telling Nina, like, she's cold. Put something on her when this kid is not asking to have, like, kids right. will tell you when they're cold. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Every parent has had yeah. someone tell them that their kid is cold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or tell them through the kids. <laughs> Yeah. Tell mommy you need a coat on. <laughs> she says something to Lita about how, like, oh, maybe you just feel bad because you're missing your kids. Like, what? <laughs> They'll never see eye to eye. Because Callie's like, I will always go on vacation with my kids. Yeah, even though she doesn't yeah. even have kids yet. They and then, know, but, you know, everyone's yeah. a perfect parent before they have kids. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, I mean... But again, that's why I like, but, you know, button pushing, of personal button pushing for me, the judgmental, like... Yeah. When I have kids, I'm going to be the perfect parent, and you're not the perfect parent. Yeah, I just don't like when people talk about girls like they're harder or they're... I don't know that she was specifically talking about girls or just kids in general. I, I thought she was talking about girls. Maybe I just took it Maybe. Badly. I really don't know. I mean, she doesn't seem she like the type of person that would <laughs> make those sorts of sweeping yeah. gender statements. I would not be surprised. Well, yeah, it's just that whole family was very menacing to me the whole time. Yeah. Like, the whole, there's, like, this constant... Everything is so ambiguous. Dread. That <laughs> is, like, what... Maybe that's the best thing about this movie, is just how ambiguously crafted it is in a way that it doesn't seem like it until you start talking to other people, and other people are like, no, I thought it was this, or this, you know... Where are your people from? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... I know, that's such people. an interesting conversation. That's She's like, I thought you were from Queens. I love it. Where are you from? Um, from Cambridge, near Boston. No, no, I mean, where are your people from? My people? Yeah. Are from Leeds, which ship you really? Fancy. No, it's not fancy. I thought you were from Queens. I swear, not because you talk like it, but just like something. That's where we're mostly from. But we have family in this town for like 300 years. Not because how you talk, that's how you. <laughs> yeah. I love that. There's just a lot of really interesting exchanges that are, I guess, so real, right? Because there is a lot of ambiguity in life and interactions with people. They're just like intimidating. Waiting near her car and yeah. like... That part 
really stood out to Logan a lot, mm-hmm. the, like, by the car thing. Because mm-hmm. Logan was like, like, yeah, some of the latest stuff is shitty, but it's like she's not she trying doesn't... to, like, be scary to people. You know, like, that. Yeah. I took that as just, like, like we both saw that as just how sometimes men like to remind you that they could fuck you up at the drop of a hat. You know, right. like, I could yeah. you right now, actually, yeah. you know. And menacing for no reason. Yeah. You know? It's like, even worse when she's dancing, I think. And, like, everything that Callie is, like... I don't know, she's just very conditional about, like, let me give you this thing. And then she's like, how is the thing? How is the salve or whatever? Or the cake, the whole like, cake conversation. My God. I'm like, right. You're not going to have a bite. Not even one bite. Oh. How can you hold cake and not eat it? <laughs> good, right? It's really good. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what to say to you right now. Yeah. Or, you know, and it's just like, oh, my God. Like the I've when that every line is a banger. boy walks yeah, by and is like, my aunt asked me to help you with your bags when she was just sitting there. Do you need a hand with your bags? What? Do you need a hand? My aunt asked me to ask you. No, thank you. Like that's so fucking crazy. That's when things are just so menacing. It's a working holiday, and he's like, kind of for me too. Sorry, I think this is my car. Did you get your car? Yeah, it's a rental. Excuse us. Your loud tells me you're renting his place. Did he? Hmm. I mean, teachers get to take the whole summer off. That's nice. Right, it's a working holiday. Me too. Even if he's not in the mafia, he certainly wants her to think he is. Do you think, <laughs> yeah. Do you think that Lyle, when he came up and saw the doll on the balcony, like that he told that family that Leda's got it? Because it seemed like they were all just like glaring at her. Yes. After we're that. glaring at her, but I don't think so. I don't think he really registered there's a child looking for a doll and that's the doll. I didn't think he registered anything about that doll. But I also didn't mm-hmm. know why they were glaring at her in that next scene. But and, and I mean, like, it could the, just be because, like, she wouldn't move that one time. Right. <laughs> it could just be sore right. about that. But I seem like by then, Callie had turned on her, too, then. Yeah. She's just a lady they don't like. Right. <laughs> Which also, like, <laughs> relatable. <laughs> like, oh, we just hate that middle-aged woman for no reason. We can't say why. She just really makes us angry, and we want to let her know at every opportunity. Yeah. That family was sketch. Right. I mean, I guess just, like, I don't think he registered anything about the doll because when she does give it to her, like, Nina did not she's know. Did she did not know. Yeah, yeah. she's so surprised. surprised. Like, That's the only reason. She's like, well, you found it. <laughs> what? You found her? Where did you find her? Now I took her. Which would have been the perfect time to be like, yeah. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Why would you need to be so candid? But then it's so interesting because it is like such a revelation for Nina. Because she is literally just saying, I want to be like you. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, what? Just kidding. No, I don't. You crazy bitch. I think there's a lot about like what people project on other people. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. This is a tough one to watch. (laughs) It's oh so interesting, and though. For me, it was like every a harrowing for me. Yeah. <laughs> I could watch it again, like, immediately after. I really mm-hmm. loved watching it a second time. Because the first time, like, you know something happened, right? Yeah. 
and they show a little plot Bianca, Bianca, and then it was really interesting on the second watch, you know, knowing like what it was that happened. Yeah. You know, especially like her conversations with Callie or with Nina, you know. Yes. And when she tells Callie, children are a crushing responsibility. That sums up the whole movie to me. Yes, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Oh my god. But I understand. This is a very, very fraught movie. So, like, I totally get what you're saying. Like, this was a tough one for me. I'm like, <laughs> this was like... <laughs> but also that, yeah. yes. I thought, it was, I thought it was a great movie. I can see it being a tough mm-hmm. hang, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Like, it's probably weirder that it's not. <laughs> when you're like, yeah, it makes total sense to me that she takes the dog. Making sense is not the same as saying I would absolutely do that, I feel like. Okay, (laughs) yes, but also I think it's valid to say it it didn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Next call. I kind of like the thing with the orange. Like, it's the reliable thing she just nails every time. Yes. I love that people have a thing like that. Yeah. But also that speaks so much to me, too, of like... She still has the one thing she can really do. And, like, everything else, she's not nailing. Well, I like also it's just, like, a little bit of a kid thing. Where yeah, it's like, like you, you always remember that. Yeah. I do remember. I used to pack my own lunch, but I wanted my mom to put the Fritos in a Ziploc because I felt like she did the just right amount. <laughs> <laughs> Take it out of the snack pack and put mm-hmm. it in. Well, no, like, it was in a big bag and, like, mm-hmm. put oh. a handful in the, the little baggie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember being like, no, yeah. you do it perfect. There's just so much about motherhood that you can't control. She definitely establishes herself as a person who, and it is selfish to need things a certain way. When you're a mother, that all goes up. There's almost nothing you can have a certain way anymore. Like the things that you have to learn to let go. I feel like it's so symbolic too. And then how her kids also, she was celebrated for that one thing too by them. Like that was yeah. one of the few things where they were like, great job. Uh-huh. Everything else, they were like, you're not doing it right, you're not doing it well enough, you need to play with me, you can't lie and close your eyes on the carpet for one second. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I was like, having a child that didn't sleep through the night for over the first year of his life, and you're just like, I need to... S- I mean, I love when Nina says, like, I'm, like, scary tired. There's something wrong with her. She's not sleeping at all. She won't sleep unless I'm in the bed with her. And if I move, I'm really tired. I'm, like, scary tired. I remember. Because I'm just like, yeah, it gets scary. Right. Where you need to rest. And if there's Whereas no one... it's literally dangerous to, like, drive yeah. and yeah. sleep deprived. And if there's no one to help you, then you do just have to close your eyes on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... All you can do to take a break, and then your kid hits you in the head with a fucking hairbrush, and you're like, ah! <laughs> but I, you can peel the orange with one go. I Always. love all those moments, like, of parenthood that they never show in movies, like, with the child that wants to keep their mom awake so they can play with them, and you can see the exhaustion. I did learn just... such a fun fact today, I don't know if y'all knew this, that the author of the book, it's a pseudonym. Oh, yeah. Elena Ferranti, because she can't write books like that and 
I mean, really, she feels that way anyway, and I totally understand why. Yeah, no, yeah, I thought that was, like, a known thing about her. Okay. Someone, like, a few years ago tried to dox her or something, and it was like, fucking, why are you doing this? It's kind of, yeah. it was kind of nice because it basically got completely ignored, you know? Good. It's like, here's, like, how I did it, and here's how I know it. And it's just like, actually... We don't need to know, like, her real name. Yeah. Know? What do you need that information for? Right. <laughs> she didn't just forget to tell you. Right. That's so interesting. The anonymity allows you to to say things that maybe you couldn't say or yeah. tell a story yeah. away that you couldn't tell it being known. And then people on the internet use anonymity right. in, like, all these shitty ways. <laughs> yeah. So it's double-edged, I guess. Yeah. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Like, she's famous for the Neapolitan novels. Like, I think it's a oh. trilogy. I don't know how many. I read the first one, but I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to her because people love her. Or maybe just read this one. Maybe Logan and I will do a little book club. Nice. I had never heard of her before this movie, oh, really? but... I know the first one is yeah. called My Brilliant Friend. Oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah, I don't know it's about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can see some meaningful passages. Oh my God, like... <laughs> I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Mopey Dick, if you know what I mean. So many. I know, I definitely mentioned many. some just throughout... I really liked the line right when she gets there and Lyle says traffic must have been bad and it's just that she like was toddling because <laughs> that same thing happened to me at distillery we had like oh right you're like no we're reservations. just reservations <laughs> I mean we were 10 minutes late which I guess is pretty long lateness but yeah the woman was like traffic must have been really bad huh and I was like nope. it's my fault my fault entirely well, for me, I've already said it already, that the most meaningful passage is when she says children are a crushing responsibility. I was feeling anxious. Yeah. Well, you know, the son can do that. And, well, maybe your girls, being away from your girls, you know? Yeah. Well, you'll see. Children are a crushing responsibility. And I love that she says it to a woman who's pregnant with her first. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yes. I love that so much. And then later, Callie says, you can't forget anything about your own children. And she goes, is that your experience? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> she has these very dirty jokes she tells sometimes that just don't yeah. land well. No, they do. Yeah, they do not land. Like, like she's <laughs> talking to that guy. You're right between them. How old are you? 24. Oh, right between my daughters. I heard you're a professor. No, I think the correct response is, sounds like fun. <laughs> it's a rude joke. Will sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is like so cringe, but I like love I don't know. There's just something great about it. She's like, it's a Will sandwich. <laughs> I know, that's so funny. He like was not going there at all. Yeah. Really know. Everybody makes it. What are you talking about? I mean, I do love, I thought you were from Queens. Not because of how you talk. That's it. you're kind of Something. a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that little hand gesture was doing a lot. Because yeah. <laughs> of how you. <laughs> oh, and then she was like, Callie was like, whoever took that doll should get brain cancer. <laughs> That's oddly specific. Whoever took her should get brain cancer. Every line from her. That is really funny. That's a very slow, a slow death, I guess. Right. And I like when she tells Nina what happened and she goes, how does it feel? And she said it felt amazing. And then she goes, that doesn't sound amazing. What did it feel like when I... 
amazing. Felt like I'd been trying not to explode and then I exploded. Amazing. I really love that she said it felt amazing. Mm hmm. I love that she said that, but I also love that the way she describes it doesn't sound amazing. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> so much. Ugh. Yeah, there's so much. And then when she said, You're so young and this doesn't pass, none of it passes. Is this gonna pass? Well, I don't know what to call it. I have depression or something. But it passes? Nina, I'm so sorry. I don't want anything to You're so young and it doesn't pass. None of this passes. <gasps> it's good. That's, yeah. I really like that she says that. Yes. Even though, like, I don't, like, that hasn't been my experience. I would feel like some of it passes, you know? Yeah. It depends on what she's talking about, I guess. But, like, there are some things that don't pass. Like, just that, like, constant... That crushing responsibility. Crushing responsibility, yeah. It feels like an ache a lot of the time. And sometimes it's like a loving ache and sometimes it's just pain. Yeah, she says it was amazing and then she was like, it felt like I was trying not to explode and then I exploded. Yeah. Which totally makes sense to me. Yeah. You can try to suppress something for so long. I mean, I don't know. I don't have kids, but I can totally see that happening. I mean, I feel like you could just say that about any any pressure that's been building up for a long time you know it's not just motherhood it's just anything that you're holding in like i mean it can definitely be being a, a daughter too like yeah holding in things that you needed to say to your mom for a long time and then you say it and it does feel like an explosion but it also feels really good yeah but there's no putting an explosion back <laughs> what else does a suicide need huh it was an interesting choice to not show her mother and just have her refer to her in like traumatizing ways. Right. There was just so much between the pages that you can really stick it there. Yeah, <laughs> or just so much I, room between the pages I, for you to put all your own shit. I spent so much time thinking about how your childhood, like in the parental figures, like shape so much of what happens down the line. Oh my gosh. In your life. <sighs> I mean, is there anybody who doesn't talk about their parents in therapy? <laughs> I don't think so. I haven't. I can't imagine um, there's anyone in therapy who's like, my parents were amazing, actually, and <laughs> I have no complaints about them whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have mom stuff. I definitely have. But you're not in therapy. <laughs> I have in my life, okay. I have. Okay, okay. And I talked about stuff with my dad in therapy, for mm -hmm. sure, but I don't really have, like, mom, mom stuff, you know? I mean, I wouldn't say, like, oh, she was perfect and amazing, but... Mm -hmm. I don't have stuff that, like, is therapy level need. But I think there are people, like, I mean, it sounds crazy to me, but, like, that are like that. Like, my mom was great. I feel like that does exist. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, so my husband oh, right. is a person who yes. has no complaints he's about his parents. Person, but right? he's not in therapy, doesn't need to be in therapy, oh, never I has been in therapy. I see. All right. <laughs> Again, my own, I guess, it's definitely anecdotal evidence that we're yeah. running on, yeah. but it's... Right. <laughs> that's what that's what talking about movies is yeah it's definitely i felt like i was projecting a lot how i reacted to the movie there's definitely shit you don't say because you can't you know but like i would joke with my husband sometimes about like it makes sense why women murder their babies sometimes like not no, for real I, I know. not for real obviously but like the whole idea of like i can see how someone would go insane like you are insane when that happens right, right yeah no sane person would do that 
But you can see the trajectory of I had no help and I needed help and no one would help me because I was supposed to love this. This was supposed to be what I was born for or whatever. Like it was supposed to come naturally to me and I wasn't supposed to need help and I needed help. Then I was Michelle Williams and Shutter Island or whatever. (laughs) Well, I sometimes, I still feel like that would have been so great, you know, having kids. It just didn't turn out that way. You know, I feel like I have a full life. But I still have these moments of like, oh, that would have been really great. And what's the point of anything? You know what I mean? But but having a baby doesn't give your life meaning. Or maybe it does. I don't know. I think it's so interesting that Lita is not like a genius. She's not like Tar, right? Or whatever. She does not like, she doesn't have a higher calling. She just has interests and things that she's like kind of good at. Like she wrote some good papers. And she's smart. She's not an idiot. But she's not like Steve Jobs. She's just a regular person who wants to have a life beyond being a mom. Right. And it's and that should be okay, and you should be able to have that. I mean, it does literally give your life meaning when you have a baby if you assign that of, like, this is my purpose. I feel like that's something people talk about. Sometimes I do feel like, I just, I don't know, <laughs> you know, like, what's right. meaningful? What am I, I have right. great kids in my life, and I'm so glad because you do and you know yeah, what like it's, and it's but it's just you shouldn't have to I don't want to create f- a new life to be as a woman as a woman you should absolutely not have to create a new life to be a meaningful person in society right yeah, yeah. and there's so well, much I don't think you're talking about society i think you're talking about like your own life personally you know? yeah like what's mm-hmm. satisfying or... i mean i'll tell you like i always really really wanted kids i knew i was gonna have kids and i have kids in a break like now on the other side of it like i can see i could have had a very rich and fu- i i want to say i have a very rich <laughs> and fulfilling life now you know i do feel that way But I also can see from the other side, like, you can have a very rich and fulfilling life without children. Like, I can see it, like, but I never would have been able to see that pre-kids. Like, I wanted kids so much. And I had trouble getting pregnant, you know, and it was like trying to show you that path. Like, you can have a meaningful and happy, fulfilling life without children. I don't think I was able to see that because I just knew I wanted it so much. But now on the other side, like, you absolutely could have. Like, it's just a different road to take. You know what I mean? Like. I'm glad that it's changed for kids now. I mean, like, I knew no adults who didn't have kids mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Like, I just didn't think of it as an option. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. Like, right. yeah. it's great that kids now don't, I mean, hopefully they don't have as much pressure or mm-hmm. the gender roles are not as... Yeah, I think it's true. It's not like an ingrained expectation anymore. Yeah. Like, obviously, you're going to have kids when you grow up. But it is crazy yeah. to me, like, that it's ever even frowned upon, you know, like, the thing that drives me crazy, like, when child-free women talk about society, like, looking down on them or whatever, you know, the thing that makes me crazy is that fucking Oprah is Mm -hmm. (laughs) child-free, But I feel like that should be good enough for the ladies who are looking down on child-free. If it's good enough for Oprah, maybe it's a valid choice. That just makes me crazy. (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of famous women who don't have kids and they are still not willing to, like... To shout it. Like, right. sort of... Like, I just... It's crazy to me that there's stigma to it when it's like... 
I don't know, isn't Oprah like a god in our world? Right. Yeah. Or there has to be like a caveat, like Jennifer Aniston being like, well, I did try to have baby. Oh, and yeah. it's like, I you mean, didn't have to try. Like you didn't, I mean. She it's... didn't want kids. I wish she had mm. just felt like she could have said, I don't want kids. Yeah. You know? And honestly, I mean. I feel she did Yes. Want From my perspective, I can absolutely see how you can lead a fulfilling life without kids because there's lots of stuff that I can't do because <laughs> I have kids. I would love to be able to travel the world all the time you know i'd love to be able to go to new york for every broadway show instead of like (laughs) once every 10 years i'd love to not do that if i want to but i made the choice to have kids and that's what i'm doing until they're grown up and then i can go on whatever holiday i want at that time it's funny because like i'm always trying to do my podcast editing and every once in a while i'll be like working on that and like lulu will ask me for something and then she'll be like do you wish you didn't have kids and i'm like (laughs) I never wish that. No, I never wish that. But yeah, most people don't, right? Yeah, like, they're there, and it's like, but, how could yeah. you live without them once they're yeah. there? You know, and but I could definitely see a life where I didn't and was doing whatever I wanted all the time. You know, it took me a yeah. while to feel okay about yeah. it. Like I think it was only when I turned forty that I was like, okay, I'm on the other side of this. I think it's gonna be less. You know. Yeah. But like. I guess I just always assumed I would have kids. I don't know why. I wasn't, like, trying actively to be pregnant or anything. We're only just now getting to the point in society where you don't have to make excuses for not... Yeah. For not wanting them. Or not having them. Or not even not wanting them, but just, like, I didn't do it. It didn't happen. No one should ever have to give an explanation for that. Right. Ever. Yeah. And finally, hopefully, it seems like it's turning a corner a little bit in that regard of right. like you don't and need I think to explain the younger yourself. generation who's like becoming adults now are like why would we have kids <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god that's a whole other like, ball of wax but yeah i yeah i, I think sometimes i kind of feel like oh my god i have so much time to fill <laughs> like it's just too much like, I'm not trying to brag or yeah. anything. I'm really not. No, I get it. I mean, a lot of time to fill. You know, because now I have my, my kids are older too, so even when I have my kids, it's like, you know, it's not the intensity like when they're little. But also, I don't, don't have them half the time, and I'm fun employed now, you know, and I've been thinking, I'm like, God, that's going to like go back to work soon, and then I have to like fill some time. <laughs> I'm really gonna have to teach y'all a lot of edit podcasts. I think. Yeah, I am. Oh my God. I hate my voice on mine. I was just edited out myself completely. I was like, oh, shut up! You stupid laugh. I definitely edit my my own stupid laugh out a lot. <laughs> like right there, it's going away. But um, yeah. I'll find gosh, it. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really funny. See, I don't know. It's so funny because Lula's like, "Do you ever get bored?" And I'm like, "I don't think I've been bored in." 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how do you have time to... Because yeah. if I have a second, I'm either sleeping or doing something that I've been wanting to do for a while. Right. <sighs> so this is what's called a lunchtime poll. We have oh two lunchtime polls. I've never done this before. That's great. Like, but, choose your own lunchtime poll. Yeah. Love it. Here are the two <laughs> options for the lunchtime poll. Where would you go on a holiday alone? Or what is a weird little crime that you've done? <laughs> okay. I'll tell my weird little crime. I probably have plenty of these. This is just the first one that came to mind. Um, so when I was a kid in, I wouldn't say fifth grade, 
And I was in speech therapy because I had a list, which I still do. I just have to like intentionally say an S, right? Which is very annoying, to be honest. Anyway, so I had speech therapy and they would just take you out of class. Like there was this speech therapist. He was like this real hippie guy. He was probably awesome when I think about it. I remember one time like he showed a slideshow of like he and his wife on this backpacking <laughs> trip. He was probably awesome, this guy. Anyway, so it was like me and this kid, Danny. He had a lisp and trouble with R's, and I just had the lisp. So we had speech therapy together, and I was at the time still like a good kid, and Danny was kind of a bad kid and was literally <laughs> wrong side of the tracks kid. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so one day we come back to class from speech therapy, and I opened my desk, you know, the desk where that like lifts up. When I opened it, I had like a teacher pen in my hand, like the kind that has like the red on one end and the blue on the other end. Like it was a teacher's pen, right? Mm. And so I walked up to the teacher's desk at front, and I was I was like, like, one of your pens was in my desk. And she's like, no, I'm not missing any pens. And I was like, mm, here you go, right? <laughs> so then a few minutes later, Mr. Wildstein, the speech therapist, comes to our classroom and he's like, Danny and Amy, come out. And he's like, what if you took my pen? Oh. <laughs> and here's the part where I'm like, I don't know why. Because I did it by, I didn't realize it was in my hand. And I don't know why I didn't just say that, right? Mm -hmm. But I said there, I was like, didn't take your pen. <laughs> and Danny was also like, I didn't take your pen. And I remember he was like, because Danny was like a bad kid and I was a good kid that he was like, okay, one of you took my pen. And I'm not saying who it was, you know, but you know, how about it was definitely Danny. <laughs> okay, so whichever one of you took my pen, just go back into class and get it. And it's like, I'll go down the hall, I'll go around the corner, like I won't look. Just one of you, whoever it was, you know, put it outside. So then I go, I don't know why I didn't just say, because then I go in class and I go to the teacher. I was like, oh, that pen that I gave you, that's Mr. Wildstein's, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then I went and I put it out there. And Daddy, like, runs out in the hall. Oh, God. And like, it was her. She And I was like, no, it wasn't. of where would I go on a vacation myself I would go to New Zealand and rent like a car and drive all around the island and like I don't know see volcanoes and awesome and that's what I do <laughs> that's an amazing trip idea that's a bucket list trip for me that I can't do until my kids are gone because it's such a long <laughs> bucket airplane ride that's a good answer but I wouldn't do that by myself because I don't want Chris to come with me. So. <laughs> well, I I kind of want to answer both, I guess. <laughs> um, I had a piano teacher when I was like, I think middle school. And she had a son who was in college or something or freshman year of college or he was older. And then like a younger kid who was kind of my age. 
and I'd be waiting for my turn and I'd be hanging out with that kid and he was always taking me into his brother's room because <laughs> there's a lot of kinds of contraband in there including playboys under the first of all he had a waterbed so we'd be oh. flopping on the waterbed and then under the waterbed would playboys that we'd look at and then he also had like a little action figure collection but he was a college student and one of them was Catwoman from the Batman the Animated Series and um, I decided that as an adult basically he didn't deserve to have <laughs> so I totally pocketed it and then another time I was back, the boy that was my age was like, you didn't do anything with any of his toys, did you? Because he got so mad at me and he's accused me of stealing his shit. And I was just like, Amy, like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't even see it. <laughs> so sorry to that kid. He got in trouble with his brother. I still have it, actually. Wow. <laughs> still have that action figure. I kept it all these years. <laughs> And then for a trip by myself, I honestly don't care where I'd go because I kind of just want to lock myself in a really nice room (laughs) and yellow wallpaper for the weekend. Yeah, yellow wallpaper. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That just seems like really great to me. All my favorite snacks and music and pajamas and nobody else. That sounds pretty great. How very. Let's see. I think I have some other fun facts to read. Oh, yeah. Here's one. Dakota Johnson dropped out of Don't Worry Darling to be in this movie. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Good, Good move. Pick. Yeah. Good yeah. going. I have to say, I never am especially into her, but I think she's amazing in this. I thought she was crazy hot in this movie. Logan yeah. and I were both like, oh my God, do I just... <laughs> she's like crazy hot. She is. And her look, uh, she's designed to invoke Megan Fox. So oh, well, that's there she... you go. I've read yeah. something like she gave Olivia Coleman a tattoo and like some other people like a home she tattoo. She gave her a tattoo? Yeah. yeah. And like, she can, it seems like everybody is. gets enthralled by her and like, um, she just tattooed some initials that were important to Olivia Coleman on her. Oh. Sounds like everybody falls in love <laughs> with her. Like, um, I can see that. Yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. totally see that. I feel like I've heard the same thing about Olivia Coleman, though, kind of. <laughs> you know? Everyone finds her just so incredibly charming. Aw. She's awesome. She seems very charming. Yeah. Well, the orange deal, the reason that I know the orange was, like, sort of a mystical orange is because <laughs> in an interview, Maggie Gyllenhaal said she wanted there to be a little bit of magic at the end, like, oh. in being there with Peter Sellers' movie. Wow. Because oh. he walks on water at the end of that movie. All right. So I thought that was interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, that's so strange in that movie when he walks on water at the end. Like, I remember thinking, <laughs> what just happened? Um, and then I also wanted to just ask what y'all thought about the namesake of Lita because of Lita and the Swan. I mean, even Peter Sarsgaard character makes some joke about how it always evokes, or no, she makes the joke. It always evokes rape. Your name, Lita. It's very provocative. <laughs> I'm thinking about the Yates. Very high-minded, it always brings rape to mind. <laughs> Jesus. So that's just such an interesting baggage that she has that her mom gave her this name. What's the story? Lita was a woman that Zeus raped in the form of a swan. It's like really weird. Wow. <laughs> Not only did he rape her, but he raped her as a swan for some reason. Yikes. And then Yates wrote a poem about it, and that's what they were reciting to each other in Italian. I bet you know it by heart. In Italian. <laughs> Tutto di colpo, la grande ave, palpitante sulla ragazza, uh, staggering girl. Mm. 
sconcertante. Sì, ragazza, sconcertante. So their whole foreplay was reciting this rape poem in Italian <laughs> to each other. Oh my god, wow. That, you know, yeah. that's kind of funny because the only time I've heard of Leda in this one is it in Harold and Maud. Maud is showing him her paintings and she's like, and in the corner, that's Leda in the Swan, self-portrait. Which is also <laughs> a Hal Ashby movie, same as... Yeah, interesting. that is interesting. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Hal Ashby's super fan, like, Maggie, I guess. I guess so. But that's really all I know. That's literally yeah. all I have ever known about Leda in this one is that Maude draws it as a self-portrait in that movie. Well, Leda's the offspring of that rape. She lays two eggs, and in each egg are two babies <laughs> each. She has four babies total from this rape, and one of them is Helen, Helen Troy, oh. and the other is Clymenestra, who murders Agamemnon, and then their other twins in the other egg are Castor and Pollux, but I don't really know what happened to them. Do you know what happened to them? I don't know. <laughs> They're like in Face Off. Right? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> face Off. I saw that, but I don't. Castor Troy. Yes. <laughs> I love that movie. What do you know of this stuff? Like, what do you know of the Greek myths? Castor and Pollux, baseball. Later in this one, Hamlet. Yeah, I love it. What are your associations? Word association podcast. It's just interesting imagery. A lot of interesting imagery going yeah. on there. Forced motherhood, or yeah. is there like that's the subtext? Forced motherhood, yeah, and then there's a lot of blood show that happens as a result of it as well mm. if you follow it on down the line motherhood be like a lot of bloodshed down the line <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode of paid in puke please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus if you did not enjoy this episode no further action is necessary paid in puke is hosted by Annie Malone Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod, on Instagram at Paid in Puke Seattle, and on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.